Oh, man. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to all of you here in the room. Welcome to those of you joining us online. We're glad to be gathered together here, whether it's, uh, whether it's physically, virtually. Uh, we believe that God's Holy Spirit meets us right where we are to connect with us and to help us with what we really have going on in our lives. Uh, this, is, this is not some disembodied God who has nothing to do with real life. This is a God who has entered into our lives, has entered into our broken reality to bring his healing and hope and life. So let's bow our heads and pray to him as we begin. Thank you, God. Thank you for, uh, for meeting us here now, right where we are, inviting us to open our hearts and minds and lives up to you, knowing that you're the God who loves us, who made us, who can actually do something about our problems, can do something about the brokenness that is both inside us and in our world. God, today we bring to you all the junk that we carry around with us. We bring you our failures, we bring you our questions, our, our fears. Uh, we also bring to you the, the beauty, God, the thanks for all of your good gifts and the joy over the, the goodness that we get to participate and be a part of in the world. Thank you, God, that today we have this, this hour to sing to you and pray to you and listen for your spirit speaking through the scriptures and, and to even meet you at the table of our Lord Jesus. Would you help us to be open to connecting with you, God, as we worship you today? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pray with me, will you? Lord, we do thank you for that faithfulness that is truly new every, every morning. Lord, it never ends. There's no limit to the mercies that you have in store for us. Father, I thank you this morning for each and every mercy that you have bestowed on us today. And I thank you in anticipation of the mercies that will be new tomorrow. Lord, I thank you for each person gathered here in this building and those who are joining us online and those who will be gathered here again later, each and every one precious in your sight. Lord, I thank you and praise you for the, just the goodness that you have shown us this week. I thank you and I praise you in the midst of some of the hard things that we've gone through this week. Lord, I just want to make sure that I give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, not just because of what you've done, but because of who you are. You are a good, good God. And you do turn our mourning into dancing. Truly, you do. You turn our shame into glory. Lord, I thank you for the, the songs that have been sung this morning and the way they've spoken to, to my heart and reminded me of just who you are. Be with us in the rest of the service, Lord. May our hearts be open to what it is you have to say to us, Lord, and then to be obedient to what you have to say to us, Lord. For this, we give you all the praise and glory, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Give everybody a wave across the, across the aisle. If you're at home watching us, say hello to whoever might be with you. And um, in the meantime, Pastor Rich is going to come up, and he's going to share some things with us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to, uh, back to the day when this can be like two or three minutes of us all just like gathering around and catching up and, and 
telling people that we're glad to see them and, and uh, asking how we can pray for each other and all that good stuff that goes on in this, uh, normally in this greeting time, passing the peace around the room, all of that. Um, we're getting closer each and every day, and I'm thankful for it. We do have, uh, just in, in by way of uh, brief announcements, if you're, uh, if you're in the room with us, obviously you can grab one of those little welcome cards and let us know how we can pray for you. Or if you're joining us online, go to livinghope.info slash connect and uh, share with us how we can pray for you. Thank God with you. Maybe there's something good going on in your life that you want to express uh, thanks to God for, and we can join you in thanking him. That'd be a good, good thing. And, uh, and if you're here in the room, you can drop that in the offering box. If you're giving today, you can drop that in there too. And uh, online, just go to livinghope.info slash give. And you can give online right there. Uh, thank you so much for your continued generosity and for the ways that you are uh, using your resources for God's work both here and around the world. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, if you are hungry for face-to-face interaction and uh, once on Sunday isn't enough, uh, you can come out Wednesday night, 5.30 to 6.30. We have a Bible study right here in the sanctuary so we can spread out. And uh, we'd love to have you join us. Or you can join us online. Go to livinghope.info slash Zoom, and that'll take you right into the Zoom app on your phone or on your computer or whatever. And that should let you right in. And uh, we just got the computer in the back turned around to, to face the room. And you can at least see you know, most of the people that are there, and you can interact. We've got some folks that join us just about every Wednesday night on Zoom. And... Uh, and are able to share and listen and to contribute. Uh, it's a discussion-oriented group, and so if you'd like to be a part of that conversation, we'd love to have you. Oh, and uh, for those of you in the room, when you walked in, you might have walked by that, that box of, uh, it's, a, it's a whole bunch of bags of masks is what it is. We had them uh, donated uh, to the church Oh, I don't know, a couple of months ago, and kind of thinking like, okay, well, we'll use those as people need them as they come in. Well, we're doing that, and there's such a big box of them, we thought we can't get rid of them fast enough. So uh, if you need masks, feel free, take a bag of them. I don't remember how many are in each bag, 20 or 30 or something like that. So if you need masks, please take some on your way out so they don't just live in the church forever. Um, that doesn't do any good. Uh, it only does good if we're, if we're using them. So um, I think that's it by way of announcements, unless anybody else has got one that I forgot to mention. And we got something I was supposed to say that I didn't say? No? Okay, good. Phew. Oh, good. Glad to hear that. All right. Um, today we're continuing in this series on living a fruitful life, uh, building on uh, some of the things from last Sunday. We looked at Jesus uh, in Matthew chapter 12, 33, saying, uh, Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. basic idea here is that what's inside comes out. And uh, we, we have seen plenty of bad fruit lately, haven't we? I mean, um, Pastor Judy was just mentioning in the prayer that she led us in that there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that uh, we look at it and we think, man, what on earth is that about? Why is there so much violence? Why is there so much ugliness? Why is there so much of, uh, what was, what's the old phrase, man's inhumanity to man or something like that? Uh, why is it that we see so much of that in the world? What is wrong with us? And uh, <clears throat> that's kind of what we're talking about today, all right? Why is it that we see so much bad fruit in society and sometimes in our own lives. We look at ourselves and we think, man, why did I respond like that? Why did I you know, lash out like that? Why did I chicken out like that? Well, you know, why, why didn't I look more like Jesus in that interaction? I mean, what is it that's coming out of me? It's kind of an evaluative you know, image that Jesus gives us, right? If the tree is good, then it'll have good fruit. If it's bad, it'll have bad fruit. And he says, you can recognize a tree by its fruit. Now, obviously, hypocrisy is a real thing, and some of us have been bitten by that before. Somebody who looked good on the outside, and then we got close to them and realized, oh, no, there was a lot of ugliness there uh, hiding on the inside. But, but eventually it came out, didn't it? And that's what Jesus is saying. What's inside will come out. The good news is 
He says right there in that verse, if you make a tree good and its fruit will be good, make a tree bad. So the the tree can change. We can change. Our hearts can change. Our our thoughts can change, which then has a a different, makes a difference in in our lives, in the fruit that comes out of us, the fruit that we are then sharing with the world. See, if we are, and we're going to get into this from from the letter to the Galatians in just a minute, but if we are uh, filled with God's Holy Spirit, if he has made us alive on the inside because we have trusted in the good news that Jesus brings, Right? That our Heavenly Father loves us. That the kingdom of God is coming in Him. That we can live with God as King and not me. Instead of me trying to run my life. If I, can, if I can recognize instead, okay God, you're in charge and you're right. I've been trying to be my own little God here and it has not gone well. And I have made a mess of things and I need your forgiveness and grace. The Bible says He forgives us and He gives us new life. He takes that part of us that we had killed by our sin. That the death that we had brought on ourselves and He he gives us new life, new birth into a whole new life, a clean slate by his Holy Spirit living within us. So if the Holy Spirit is making us alive, if we're living by God's Holy Spirit, then that spirit is going to produce good fruit in our lives. And that's what we, we mentioned this verse at the end of last, uh, last Sunday's message from Galatians chapter 5. The Apostle Paul writing to these early Christians says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the fruit that the Holy Spirit brings out of us. This is what life could look like, right, if we are led by God's Holy Spirit. Think for a minute about some of the interactions you've had in the past week. Uh, Maybe it was somebody at school, somebody at work, somebody in the neighborhood, in your family, online, and uh, wouldn't you have loved for that interaction to have been marked by a little more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Boy, just, if we could just like get better at one or two of those, like I feel like life would go so, get so much better if just we Christians would, would exhibit a little more kindness or a little more gentleness or a little more self-control, you know? Uh, boy, life could be so different. And that's what God wants for us as his people, is to be a people so shaped by the Holy Spirit that our lives produce this kind of fruit, that this is the fruit we're putting out there in the world. Because the world has got plenty of bad fruit, right? There's plenty of ugliness already. There's plenty of selfishness already. The world needs a people whose lives have been changed by God's Holy Spirit to look more like Jesus, to be lives of love, lives of service, lives of joy, peace, patience, all the rest. I can't keep saying the list every time, all right? To lives that produce this kind of fruit, to put this kind of fruit out in the world. Unfortunately, sometimes we, we fool ourselves into thinking that like, yep, I'm a Christian, Whew, I'm good, going to heaven, got my ticket, and my sins are forgiven, I'm, I'm done. You know, and we can, I can just kind of sit back and not worry about the rest of it. But wait a minute. <laughs> um, there's, there's like work for us to do while we're here. You know, he, he hadn't taken us off to heaven yet. He's left us here for a good number of years probably still. We still have an impact on the people around us. What kind of impact are we going to have? What is coming out of us? What kind of difference are we making in the world? Uh, in, in his letter to the Galatians in the next chapter, in chapter 6, the Apostle Paul says this. Starting in verse 7, he says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. You, know, you, you harvest what you plant. What you put into the ground is what you're going to get out. He says, Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. He's saying we have a choice We can either plant seeds of selfishness, just doing whatever we want to do, pleasing our flesh, pleasing ourselves, or we can plant little seeds of pleasing the Holy Spirit. 
And there are consequences to those choices for us and for the people around us. We, we're either contributing to the destruction or we're contributing to life. So in verse 9, then he says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I feel like every little bit of that sentence has got something for us in there, right? I mean, we get tired sometimes of being, of trying to do good when others aren't doing good to us, right? And I know some of you get tired, right? You're, you're doing your best to bring some good into the world, to, to love that person that's unlovable, to forgive that person that needs to be forgiven for the way they've hurt you, to be a person of peace instead of a person who throws more you know, gas on the fire. You're doing your best, but other people aren't doing their part, right? I mean, you're being good to them and they're just continuing to be rotten to you. You know, you're, you're, you're doing your best to love and it's just getting hard and it's getting tiring. He's saying, look, he, that's, I think that's why he gives us this planting and reaping analogy, planting and harvesting thing. Because you don't put the seed in and then like, you know, come out the next morning like, woohoo, I get to eat, you know. You plant that seed and it takes time. Right? I mentioned last week that my boys had done that thing where uh, Stacy had up all, the, all the cups and the dirt and they planted little seeds and, and everything. And uh, those, she just had me pull those into the garage because we're supposed to get, what, like seven inches of snow? This is ridiculous. Is that still what they're saying? Yeah. Holy cow, snow day. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, anyway, uh, so they had planted all these little seeds. Thankfully, we hadn't let, yet taken them out of the cups and put them in the dirt. But, you know, there's just tiny little things starting to come up, and it's been like two weeks. It takes time for, for the seeds that we plant to, to come up, to, to eventually bear fruit. And that's why he says, look, let's not get, become weary in doing good at the proper time. When it's time, if we don't give up, we will reap a harvest. There will be good that comes back from the good that we've been putting in the world. There will be good fruit growing. Therefore, as we have opportunity, he says, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So to everybody, but especially to those that you're closest to, to the people that are your new family in Christ, your brothers and sisters in Christ, you, you just, at, at the very least got to be loving each other, right? But that, that goal is for us to be loving everyone, to be doing good to all people as we have opportunity. And we have lots of opportunities, don't we? We get lots of opportunities to, to forgive people when they step on our toes. Or we have lots of opportunities to humbly go and ask for forgiveness and to apologize for stepping on someone else's toes. For, but what's the, the phrase from the Lord's Prayer? Trespasses, right? Oh, man, I trespassed. I, I walked on you. I shouldn't have. I stepped on your toes. I went where I shouldn't have gone. I am sorry for that. Or, you know, they stepped on us, and we've got we've to find a way to forgive so that we can be forgiven. He says, we start that whole phrase off with, don't be deceived. You, you reap what you sow. You harvest what you plant. I don't want to go through life fooling myself, right? Thinking that I'm, that, you know, I'm going to get good stuff coming out of this when what I'm putting in is garbage, right? When I'm, oh man, that's, suddenly I've got that mental image. My, my kids have this little dirt area in the back of our yard in the back corner. And that's where we put these little raised beds where the plants will go. And we're trying to make sure that they know they can't be digging in those raised beds. Because it's lots of dirt. It's easy to dig in that part. It's kind of loose. And they, we just caught them doing it yesterday. Putting it in their dump truck, bringing it up, making a ramp on the sidewalk. Anyway, um, but we can't, they can't be doing that because there's going to be plants in there soon. You know, and they can't, gotta, but there's all this other dirt right outside there that they dig in. And, they, and all of a sudden I have this image of my boys like planting stuff they shouldn't be planting. You know, like planting a penny and seeing what comes up. Or, you know, planting one of their matchbox cars and seeing what comes up. Or planting garbage. Um, Got to make sure that we 
Avoid that. Don't let them get those ideas in their heads. Um, I hope they're not watching this right now. Okay. Unfortunately, sometimes in lives, in our lives, that's what we've been doing. We've been putting garbage out there. We've been, we've been sowing to please the flesh. We've been, we've been planting all kinds of ugliness and thinking like, oh, but that's not going to be a problem. That's not going to come back to haunt me. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that what's going to come back is going to be better than what I'm putting out. That's, that's kind of the idea here. Like what you put in is what you get out. What you sow is what you reap. Jesus said something similar in Luke chapter 6. Um, although I don't know, I hadn't always connected this idea where Jesus says, uh, do to others as you would have them do to you. You've heard that before, right? It's kind of the golden rule. Treat other people the way you'd like to be treated. Do good to others if you'd like, well, treat, just do to others what you'd like them to do to you. Right? Uh, this is how Jesus taught us to live. Well, I hadn't really connected that with just like six verses later there in Luke chapter 6. He says this, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I think a lot of times I've heard that, read that part and I've thought more about my relationship with God, you know, or something. And thought like, okay, if I'm generous toward God, he'll be generous toward me, or something like that. Maybe that's just because I've heard sermons that connect that with giving. I'm not sure. Um, But he seems pretty clearly to be talking about, like, the way we interact with others, right? Like, don't judge and condemn that person, and they won't judge and condemn you. Treat them like you would like to be treated. Give and forgive, and others will forgive you, and others will be generous toward you. He's given us just kind of this basic idea for life that, in general... What you put in is what you get out. What you put into a relationship is what you're going to get out of that relationship. If you're kind and generous with someone else, they're probably going to be kind and generous toward you. It may take time. We might have to not become weary in doing good, and at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. But we know for sure that if we put like impatience and anger and selfishness and ugliness into that relationship, it's probably not going to improve right? He's saying what you plant is what you'll reap, is what you'll harvest. What you put in is what you'll get out. And so he's instructed us. Jesus has commanded us, as we mentioned last week, to love other people, even our enemies. If you read the rest of Luke 6, this is right in that same passage where he's, he's just said before this, love even your enemies. Don't just love the people that love you. Make sure that you love even those who've been bad to you, even those who've been hurtful to you, who've done you harm, find a way to love them. This is where we Christians, because the Holy Spirit of God is alive in us, supposedly, right, this is where we don't have to follow the, that basic idea. Like, if someone is, puts ugliness to, you know, toward us, we don't have to give them back ugliness, right? Just like God is gracious toward us. You know, we spit in God's face, we nail his son to a cross. And what does Jesus say back to us? He doesn't say, you'll get yours, just you wait. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We are so ugly toward God, rejecting his, his love, rejecting his rule, his instructions. And God, in his compassion and grace and goodness, 
continues to pursue us, continues to love us, continues to do everything he can to help us come to our senses, to come to a place where we say, wow, God, what, what was I thinking? I was deceived. I did not know what I was doing. Will you forgive me? And he does. It's just crazy. God's grace. So if the God of grace lives in us, then we get to be the people that kind of break that cycle in life, right? We get to be the people who people send ugliness our way, and we instead, if we're going to please the Spirit, if we're going to live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, we're going to be a people who then forgive. We're going to be a people who we receive evil and we give back good. We receive ugliness and we give back beauty. People are impatient with us and we, we are patient with them. Not because we're able, right? Not because we're like just better than other people. No, it's because the Spirit of God is living in us and is changing us and is helping us to put good fruit out in the world. So uh, back, go back to Galatians for just a moment. Um, in Galatians chapter 5, leading up to that little bit about the fruit of the Spirit, you know, he had mentioned there in chapter 6 about sowing to please the flesh and sowing to please the Spirit. And, and this is where he introduces this little uh, contrast for us. is earlier in chapter 5 uh, where he talks about flesh and spirit and what we do with that. Uh, I think it's back in verse 13. Uh, it says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. That's, that's the contrast he set up right there, right? I can either indulge the flesh and just do what I want to do, or I can serve others humbly in love. So for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. You want to know what God commands? You want to, if you've had trouble memorizing all of God's you know, 600 plus commands he gives in the Old Testament, I haven't even tried, right? It's hard enough to remember the ten, all 10 of the 10 commandments. Uh, but really... Paul is saying here, like, you really only need to remember one. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you do this, you'll fulfill the entire law. Contrast, he says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. Which, again, is what we often see going on around us and sometimes, unfortunately, in our own lives as well. So he continues, so I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. He says, you don't have to worry about trying to, like, oh, did I violate a rule there? Oh, I'm sorry. Was that, you know. He says, no, no, just pay attention to what, how God's Holy Spirit is leading you. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. And as we have opportunity... What is that he said? As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. As we have opportunity, the Holy Spirit is going to lead us into, into moments where we get to love, where we get to be kind, where we get to be patient. The Holy Spirit's going to lead us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if we do this, then we don't have to worry about, you know, where are all those lines and did I, did I cross one? He said, no, you're, you're going to be led by the Spirit. You're going to be doing what God wants you to do. You're going to be living a life of love. This means we don't just get to do whatever we want. This means we have to let God direct our steps. We walk by the Spirit, according to the Spirit's leading, by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's all kinds of ways you could go with that little phrase, walk by the Spirit, by the Spirit's power, by the Spirit's direction. You know, go where the Spirit leads you to go. If 
you do this, he says, you don't have to worry. You're not, you don't have to sit there and worry like, oh, oh no, am I being selfish? No, you're walking by the Spirit. You're loving that person as God gives you opportunity to love them. So then he, he gives another contrast, uh, in starting in verse 19. Um, he says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. So just, and the like. He's like, you know, and stuff like this. He says, it's obvious. When someone is living a life that is just about them, he says, you've seen what that is like. We see it on the news. We see it in all the different places where we live. We see this, acts of the flesh, lives that are just doing whatever I feel like doing in the moment. He says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit. So he's contrasting the acts of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. Oh, okay. Yeah, then I've at some point changed patience to forbearance. I like patience. I always change it back, and I forgot to change that one back. Anyway, I think what they, why they did it is because they want you to know we're not talking about patience like I sit calmly waiting for the light to change. You know, this is being patient with a person, you know, and forbearance is more clearly says like, although it's not a word I ever use, so I prefer patience, being patient with someone. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. He says, if you belong to Jesus, just like Jesus died on that cross, we have died to that selfish way of living. We've put that behind us. Since we live by the Spirit, the Spirit has made us alive. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So the Spirit's made us alive. And I kind of picture God's Holy Spirit, like, encountering us and making us alive. And then, you know, he keeps moving. And we're like, whew, all right, good. And the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, come on. Come on now. We're going to go live this life of love. And we're just like, oh, no, no, no. No, no, you go ahead. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back here for a bit. You know, I'm just going to catch my breath. Maybe put my feet up, sip some lemonade. Uh, you know, you go on. Like, wait, wait, wait. The Holy Spirit has made us alive because he's got a life for us to live, a life of love, because he wants to produce good fruit in us, because there's a world out there that needs to know that God loves them and, you know, needs people who are going to, you know, give back good instead of, instead of hate, instead of evil. So he says, let's keep in step with the Spirit. I don't know, is this, is this helpful to you at all? Uh, this, this contrast and, and helping us to see like, okay, each and every day I have choices to make. Each and every day I get to choose. Am I going to plant little seeds of obedience to God's Holy Spirit, following his lead, letting him give me the strength to love when I wouldn't otherwise have it? Uh, am I going to follow the Spirit's lead in, in the way that I respond to that person or that person over there? Or am I just going to do whatever I want? Each and every day we have these choices. We are planting little seeds that will have consequences. We're putting something in that will come out at some point. This happens in our own lives, you know, our own character, the person that we are becoming. You know, there's, there's an element of this that's just about that, right? Am I making the tree good? Am I doing stuff? Am I planting seeds that are going to produce good fruit in my life? And then there's an element of this that's really about, like, the life that we live with others. You know, what kind of seeds am I planting in that relationship, in my school, in my workplace, 
kind of seeds am I planting in my neighborhood? You know, what, what do I want to see happen in my family? You know, what do I want to see pr- produced there? Do I want it to be life? Do I want it to be life-giving fruit that grows there? Or am I okay with it being destruction? Am I okay with it being ugly fruit? Am I okay with it being stuff that's life-taking and not life-giving? We face these choices every day. The Holy Spirit every moment is, is leading us, is guiding us, is, is giving us opportunities to do good, to plant good seeds. What are we going to do with it? Um, I, I'm glad to, I mentioned last week that one of the reasons that I was diving into this, uh, the image that Jesus gave of, the, of him being the vine and us the branches is because I wanted us to kind of picture ourselves that way. Uh, this isn't just, like, the, the Bible isn't just like, okay, here's some new rules to follow. You know, make sure you do this. Make sure you don't do that. Um, you know, I just gave you a list of a bunch of bad things. Make sure you don't do any of those bad things. Here's a bunch of good things. Make sure you do the good things. Uh, that's not what the Bible is. Right? The Bible is meant to, to shape our thinking, to, to renew our imagination, to renew our minds, is how it says it in one verse, which then transforms our lives. And so I mentioned last week, I want us to not just think of ourselves as like isolated individuals off doing our thing, but to see ourselves as branches connected to the vine, connected to Jesus and the life of God flowing through us and producing that good fruit in us that then is life-giving for the world. This week, I'm, I'm, just, I'm wanting us to think like in the life that we live, leaving this place in just a few minutes, um, we're going to be planting seeds each and every moment. What kind of seeds am I planting? Each decision I make, each word that I say, each action that I take, what kind of seeds am I planting? And hopefully, being mindful of that, asking for God to help us with that, we'll be planting better seeds because we'll be thinking, oh, you know what, that's going to that's going to have results. That's going to have consequences. I'm putting something in that eventually is going to come out, eventually is going to produce fruit. I just want to plant that mental picture in the back of our minds so that as we continue this afternoon and evening with whoever you spend your time with, to think, oh, I'm planting little seeds all along the way. Um, we don't always get to see the consequences of it right away either, do we? I, I just, I'm reminded of, uh, of a couple of different things I've encountered this past week. Uh, one was on Facebook in one of those like community groups or whatever. I don't remember which one, but somebody had shared a picture of those uh, really pretty like trees that are white and all flowering and everything. And I don't know trees. So maybe there's a bunch of different kinds of those. I don't know. Uh, I know that as we've been driving around, we've been pointing them out to the boys and like, oh, isn't that, you know, look at that tree. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? And somebody had shared this picture of a couple of them like outside of a retail space or something. And they, they were asking, like, hey, these aren't native to our area. You know, like, they, these, and they spread. And uh, well, you know, why, they were questioning, like, why do we allow people new developments to put these in since they're not native and they have a chance to spread? And they were talking about how, you know, they, even though they might be engineered to, like, not spread, that uh, just like Jurassic Park, you know, life finds a way somehow. And, and the birds end up eating these, like, seeds or whatever, and then they do what they do as they drop them in other places and uh, you know you see these little white trees appearing in random places around and and they were concerned that this was going to have an impact that we might not be thinking about and that's kind of in the back of my mind as I'm thinking about little seeds and uh, not the way they're distributed necessarily but but the the seeds that we plant each and every day like these have an impact that sometimes far outlives us that that we're not always aware you know we're not aware of the the way that we interact with that person you know, if we're planting some good seeds, that might change their whole day, right? And then they turn around and, and they're better to someone else 
and they plant a good seed in someone else's life. And it's just like those videos you see online, right? Uh, oh, I should grab one of those and share it later if I can find it. I remember some of those TV ads where the person like stops and like helps somebody and like they drop their stuff and they're like, oh, hey, here you go. And like a little smile and that person's like, oh, thanks. And so then they, they bump into somebody and, and they show a little kindness. And, and then that person bumps into somebody and they show a little kindness. And it just like shows this whole chain. And, and at the end of the video, they show them like coming around and like basically doing exactly what that first person did again. Like, like somebody is helping someone pick some, their stuff up and it's like, it just keeps going around. You know, you put good stuff into the world and, and it makes a positive impact on others. We don't always see the, the immediate you know, consequences of our actions, but they are, being, they are being had and it can be beautiful. The, um, the other thing I'm thinking about is much more directly tied to like spiritual stuff. So if you're, if you're sitting here thinking like, come on, man, give us some spiritual stuff. Uh, someone in our church was just talking about a friend that they have who... Um, has for years declared themselves agnostic and not really sure that there is a God out there, but, you know, open and friendly with this, you know, person from our church. And, and so the person from our church just says, so I just plant seeds whenever I get a chance, you know. Uh, if they want to talk about God, then we talk about God. And I, I remind them that God loves them. And I, you know, I share why I'm a Christian and why I find this whole thing compelling and true. And, um, and they, they were so excited coming to me this, this last week saying like, and it's starting to, they're starting, something's, there's like this little green shoot coming up, you know, like they ordered a Bible and, uh, and they're, they're going to start reading it. And they're so excited because this person is like starting to take like baby steps toward faith, exploring Christian faith. And maybe there is something to this. And if my friend here, you know, finds it so compelling, maybe there is something. And, and you know, I just thought, wow, this is it's a beautiful thing. You know, they've been just planting little seeds along the way, not trying to force anything, not trying to say like, eat this fruit, you know, just, just planting little seeds. And, um, and they say it's starting to grow. Faith is starting to grow. Perhaps, we hope, continuing to pray, that faith is growing in my friend's life. We have options. Every, every single day, we have choices. Are our lives going to look like these acts of the flesh? Are we just going to do whatever we want? You know? And there's a, there's a sense in which these are things that we do, that we put in, and there's also a sense that these are things that we get back, right? So if I live a selfish life, it might look like these things, these acts of the flesh. I was trying to figure out, like, are these the fruit of something else, or are these the seeds that we're planting? I was trying to make the whole analogy, like, fit together. I'm like, come on, Paul, make it, make it clear for me. Um, but he contrasts the acts of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. Like, the fruit is like, oh, this is what comes out of us. Okay. So are these acts of the flesh, like, something that comes out to us? Is there something behind those? And I thought, well, yeah. Yeah, when we plant little seeds... Or let other people plant little seeds in our thoughts, in our lives that say, you know, the most important person in this picture is you, right? And you should do what makes you happy. You should do what you want to do. Do what's good for you. You know, you deserve this. You deserve that upgrade. You know, you deserve that, you know, all the commercials that tell us, you know, that we, we should uh, buy their thing. You know, you deserve a break today. What is that, Kit Kat? You know, it's a simple little thing like that. Like, even that, like, you deserve this. You should buy this. You should, you should go this direction. All these little seeds that get planted in our lives all the time that, that sometimes then can produce fruit that's just selfish, right? Us living selfish, self-centered lives that don't care about the people around us, that just put winning ahead of anything else. You know, I'm going to win this argument and I'm going to make you look foolish and ha, 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 I'm just demolishing, grind you into dust, you know. And No, that's not what we're supposed to be about. So there is something that kind of comes before these things, right? That I'm, I'm making, there are decisions that get made. There are pictures, mental pictures that we carry with us. You know, am I somebody who is on the throne of my own life? Or am I, you know, serving the God of love who he's on the throne? And yes, I've got responsibilities. Yes, I've got, you know, things I need to do. But, 
But God is in charge, and I get to serve him, and I get to, I get to love others with the love he's given me. And, you know, what, do we, what do we carry with us that then has these kinds of results in us? So in some ways, they are the fruit of that. But then we put that fruit out into the world. We, we put the, our lives, get out there, and those are planting new seeds. And so these acts of the flesh, you know, lead to more like that. And the fruit of the Spirit leads to more like that. If we're putting love out there and joy and peace and patience, then we're going to see that grow and increase. As we keep in step with the Spirit that's made us alive, as we walk by the Spirit's guidance, by the Spirit's power, as we make sure that we're forgiving and being generous like Jesus said, instead of judgmental and condemning, if we don't give up, if we continue to do good, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. So I would like to see more of that fruit in my life, more fruit of the Spirit. I would like to see myself being more of a a life-giving person to the person around me and less of a life-taking person. And so for me, I don't don't know about for you, but so for me, that's what I'm going to be thinking about this week. I'm going to shape my prayers this week. Okay, God, how can I be a person who, who follows your spirit? Can you, can you guide me today? Can you, can you help me to have eyes open to see what you want me to see? God, would you, would you lead me by your Holy Spirit? Would you give me what I need to be a person of love today? To per- be a person who does good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers, but to all people. Would you help me to keep in step with your Holy Spirit to plant seeds that, that please the Spirit so that I can see more good fruit in my life, so that I can experience more joy and bring more joy to others, so I can experience more peace and bring more peace to others, so I can experience more faithfulness and and be a faithful person for my friends who experiences gentleness and helps others to experience gentleness as well. To be a person who has some (laughs) self-control. I said somebody last week after the service saying, yep, that's the one I need more of, you know, self-control. Man, if I could just have more self-control, I feel like all the rest would, would take care of itself. And, and that might be true. But all of this is, is fruit that is born as each and every day we keep in step with the Spirit, as we follow his lead, as we let him guide us. We put good things into the world, and the world will get better. The, the kingdom of God, it begins to look more and more like the, the kingdom of God. As, as we live in God's kingdom. As we live under God's rule and reign, we get to help spread it to the rest of the world. All right, let's bow our heads and let's pray before we celebrate communion together. Thank you, God. Thank you for these pictures that you give us in scripture that can shape the ways that we think about ourselves and the ways we interact with others. And God, I do pray that we could be a whole church of people who are planting good seeds in our own lives and in the lives of those around us. God, I'm reminded of how uh, on Easter Sunday we looked at Jesus, you telling your disciples, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. That we get a chance to continue your work, Lord Jesus, led and empowered by your Holy Spirit. So would you guide us today, this afternoon, tonight, tomorrow, this week? Would Would you guide us? And as we have opportunities, would you help us to do good to all people? Would you help us to love Would you help us to be kind, to be patient, to be gentle, to be self-controlled? God, we need your Holy Spirit to produce this fruit in us. We're going to do our best to stay connected to you. We're going to do our best to to follow your lead, Holy Spirit. We're going to do our best 
to, to listen to your word, Lord Jesus, to remain in your word and let it remain in us like you said in John chapter 15. We're going to do our best to let your word shape the way that we think and the way that we live. God, we so look forward to being a part of your work, a part of the solution to the problems. God, you know how many times we have been part of the problem. You know, and we know, we're aware, God. As we look back, as we think about the lives that we have lived, and some of us, we don't have to look back very far. It's just a few minutes ago, God, but you know that... uh, We're aware we have been part of the problem so many times. God, we admit that to you today. We confess it. And we thank you for being a God of mercy and grace. As you told Moses in the Old Testament, that you, God, are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Thank you for showing us that love in the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Entering into our brokenness, entering into our death, taking the worst of our sin and giving us life, giving us grace, giving us healing, defeating the powers of sin and death and the devil so that we can be free. So now that you are setting us free, now that we are made alive by your Holy Spirit, Lord God, would you help us not to indulge the flesh, not to just live however we want. Would you help us to keep in step with you? Would you help us to live lives of love? Thank you, God. Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of your good work. And thank you that today we get the chance to to celebrate with this sacrament of Holy Communion. We lift our hearts up to you, Lord God, hearts full of thanks and praise for the grace that you have shown us in Jesus Christ. We offer to you these simple gifts of bread and juice and pray that by your Spirit's presence with us that we might meet our risen Savior in his body and in his blood, remembering the great love that was poured out for us. We offer you ourselves and we pray that by your Spirit's ongoing work in our hearts and lives, that we might be changed, that we might be the body of Christ given for the world, sent to be your people of love and of grace. Thank you, God. Oh, we are so grateful for the love you've shown us in Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. As we prepare to celebrate communion together, if you're here in the room, then you know we've got the little, uh, we're still doing the little cups where you can peel back the one and have bread and peel back the other and have juice. And and we'll do that together in just a moment. If you're with us online, uh, then I encourage you to take this opportunity to gather some some bread and juice and uh, be prepared to celebrate with us in just a moment. Thank you again, Lord Jesus, for, for coming to us, for rescuing us, for ransoming us, for setting us free. 
for holding nothing back, but going all the way to the cross so that you could conquer sin and death and the devil for us. Thank you for this sacrament of communion. We remember that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he ate with his disciples, he took bread, he gave thanks for it and said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat the bread. After the meal, he took the cup, gave thanks for it, gave it to his disciples and said, drink this, all of you, this is my blood, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. God, we have confessed our need of your grace. You have given us your grace in your son, Jesus Christ. Now would you help us to go and be a people of grace? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Transform us from the inside out. Change us so that we can live in this world as the body of Christ, as your sons and daughters, as branches connected to the vine, bearing good and life-giving fruit here in a world that needs it so desperately. Thank you, God. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.